Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. I'm Steve Z. Let's get right to it. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program with your host, Steve Z. It is March the 23rd, it is Tuesday, and the double standard hypocrisy continues in the United States of America. Let's go down to the farm and see what's happening on the old chicken farm way, way down south. Daddy, remember when you were in charge of the chicken rescue farm and all those people kept dropping off chickens at our gate? Yes, son, I do. And, and, and all the chickens were kept in cages, and remember when all those people came and protested? They said because you were being cruel and mean to all those chickens for keeping so many of them locked in the cages? Yes, son, I do remember. And, and remember when the TV reporters and the camera crews came out, and they said you were a bad man for making those chickens stay locked up with their own poop, and that there were too many chickens being locked up too close together? Yes, son, I do remember. And remember when the politicians came out with all the protesters and the TV people and they told you that the chickens were all getting sick and some were dying because you were a bad farmer? And then, and, and then they made you open the cages and they made you hire the vet and they still called you bad even though you made things better for the chickens? Yes, son, I do remember. And remember when they forced you to sell the farm to Farmer Joe? And, 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 and Daddy, he's using the same cages. And he has even more chickens than you did. And, and, and he's got a lot of sick chickens all cooped up together with lots of little baby chicks. And, and nobody's complaining, Dad. Yes, son, I do remember that. Daddy, why don't they pick on Farmer Joe for doing the exact same thing that you did, Daddy? Why are they not protesting him for packing all those chickens into the same cages you were using? And Daddy, they're not even calling them cages. Well, if I were around to speak to that young boy and his dad at the farm, I would explain to them something that you and I, the Truth Hurts program listeners, already know. The double standard, the hypocrisy, and the protection of the Democrats is the reason why Joe Biden right now is not being criticized nearly as badly as Donald Trump was for the migrant invasion at our southern border. That's right, folks. About 100,000 people are sitting right now who tried to cross this week at the southern border, according to recently released, more like leaked, Border Patrol numbers. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is not calling it a crisis still, even though it's beyond crisis. I'm trying to find the right word. Perhaps it's not a crisis, it's a calamity, a disaster a cataclysm, a disastrous emergency. I don't know, there, there's got to be a better word. It's a total failure? Yeah, that's it. It's a total failure. But the White House microphone-in-chief, better known as Jen Psaki, is still, even though last week she did call it a crisis and then quickly corrected herself, she's just saying that it's a situation, an opportunity and they're still blaming Donald Trump. Republican Congressman Steve Scalise from Louisiana, the House Minority Whip, has put together a really cool video presentation. Of course, I'm gonna just play the audio for you here, but it kind of tells the tale of two presidents when it comes to this migrant border crisis that this administration refuses to call a crisis. The first person you're gonna hear is Anderson Cooper during the Trump administration talking about how horrible it was to keep kids in cages, followed by Alexandria Horseface Cortez 
and a host of others. And then they change their tune. It's about a minute and a half. Take a listen. We've seen so far caged kids and overcrowded cells. The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border. Children are torn from their families and thrown into cages. When we have children being housed in cages, crying for their mommies and daddies, we know we are better than this. President Biden being accused and criticized for total hypocrisy. He has reopened the exact same child migrant detention center in Texas that he once himself bashed the Trump administration for operating. This is not kids being kept in cages. This is this is kids. This is a facility that was opened. 7,300 unaccompanied migrant children were transferred into a network of shelters. But back then, it was called a tent city where kids were kept in cages. It would be nothing like what we saw and the Trump administration. The number of children in custody higher than it was in its 2019 peak during the Trump administration. I don't necessarily think that it's appropriate for journalists to be inside um, centers that are that are, are not permanent places for children. And so you got to wonder why won't they let us see? Because it's messy. Do you believe that right now there's a crisis at the border? I think that the, uh, um, the answer is no. Children being kept in cages in inhumane circumstances at the southern border under gropey Joe Biden. Far, far, far worse conditions than when Donald Trump inherited that facility from Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden. Yes, folks, the double standard is alive and kicking, and there are people down there who are still saying to reporters they were told to come in by administration representatives throughout Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, and in Central and South America. It is shameful at best. We'll be right back. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Yes, the news comes in cycles, and when the Democrats need to hide something that the Biden administration is doing, or they need to hide some scandal involving a Democrat, what do they do? They reach into their little bag of Democrat crappy tricks and they pull out something like, oh, I don't know, gun control? It's been a little while since gun control has reared its ugly head in the United States, as we all know. And right now, with the border crisis peaking, and with gropey Joe Biden totally screwing the pooch on international relations with China and Russia, amongst other countries, the media and the Democrats have gotten together again, and they've decided to make gun control issues the most pressing issue in America. Ten people were killed on Monday, including a cop, when a gunman opened fire at a supermarket in Boulder, Colorado. And the media is calling it the second mass shooting in the United States in a single week. Boulder District Attorney Michael Daugherty said at a late-night press conference, these people were going about their day doing their shopping. And he described the day's tragic events as a tragedy and a nightmare. The police officer who died was Eric Talley, a 51-year-old, 11-year veteran of the Boulder Police Force. He was responding to the King Supers grocery store when he was shot and killed. Police Chief Maris Harold appeared to be choking back tears as she spoke to the media Monday night and confirmed the death toll. She, by the way, is only the chief of police because they wanted to put a woman in to give the police department a softer face. Not because she was more qualified than any of the other male candidates. They just wanted someone with a vagina running the department. Police say they do have a person of interest in custody, and that person was injured during the incident and is currently being treated for the injuries. 
but there is no ongoing public threat, according to a police spokesperson. No motive for the attack in the grocery store was disclosed. Matt Kirsch is the first assistant U.S. attorney for the District of Colorado. He said the FBI and other federal agents are assisting in the case. He promised the full weight of federal law enforcement will be brought into this investigation. Really? Where was the full weight of federal law enforcement during all of those so-called peaceful protests that killed people and destroyed property last year? Double standard much? The left needs gun control issues to be put to the forefront. And so, they give canned statements to these so-called officials to read to the willing media. This shooting came, of course, six days after eight people were killed at three different spas in Atlanta and a nearby county over in Georgia. And since the left and the mainstream news media are trying to build a narrative here, they interview, of course, many, many people at the scenes of these crimes, and then they only air the ones that fit their particular narrative. In the instance of this particular article that I was reading to you from USA Today, they featured an interview with Roberto and Ilse Rivero, whose son attends Fairview High School near this grocery store. He said, the son that is, that he feels shootings are the norm and he hopes that things will change. His father, Roberto, said, Excuse me, your daddy, Roberto. Daddy? I hope this tragedy will help change laws, gun laws in particular, and we can all work together to make a better, more peaceful world for our children. This is a sad day for Boulder. The White House issued a statement saying that President Joe Biden has been briefed on Monday's attack and will be kept up to date on developments. The FBI office in Denver tweeted that it is assisting in the investigation at the request of Boulder Police. Officers armed with tactical gear and rifles responded on Monday afternoon to reports of an active shooter at a grocery store in the south part of Boulder, about 25 miles northwest of Denver. Stop. Officers armed with tactical gear and rifles? <gasps> I thought we were supposed to defund the police. I thought police weren't supposed to have that type of intimidating weaponry. That's not fair to the peaceful protesters. <laughs> At 2.49 p.m. local time, Boulder Police Department tweeted an alert for people to stay away from the area near the supermarket. At one point, authorities were heard over a loudspeaker telling someone that the building was surrounded and you'll need to surrender and come out with hands up unarmed. A shirtless man with blood running down his leg was escorted out of the store in handcuffs. An ambulance pulled away from the store carrying that man. It was not clear whether he was the suspect. At 4.18 p.m., a couple of hours later, police still said, avoid the area. This is a very active scene. They asked local residents to stay inside and not broadcast any tactical information you might see on social media. Guess what? They can broadcast whatever the hell they want. Federal law, the First Amendment, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, gives any citizen the right to act as a journalist and report whatever they can see in public. But Steve, if somebody takes their little camera phone out and videotapes the tactical stuff going on, then that guy might be inside looking on YouTube or something or Facebook Live and he'll see where all the cops are staged and it could make it more difficult for the police to do their jobs of apprehending the suspect. Not my problem. The First Amendment to the United States Constitution trumps whatever. It's just the way life works. 
Gunshots rang out and grocery workers allegedly helped people in the store to find safety. No, don't go behind the cornflakes. The bullets will go right through the box. Come over here to the meat department. If it's got to go through a stick of bologna or a big side of beef, you'll be better protected from the bullets. In the wake of mass shootings in other parts of the country, Kroger department stores in 2019 told their customer base to leave their firearms at home. That change in policy came a day after Walmart made a similar change, saying that no guns are allowed in their stores. In fact, Walmart has even stopped selling firearms in most of its sporting goods sections around the country. And since everybody's a victim in 2021 under the gropey Joe Biden administration, the president of Local 7, the largest union in Chicago that represents 17,000 grocery store workers, Kim Cordova said, After gunshots rang out, grocery workers helped customers in the store to find safety. They directed shoppers to an exit at the back of the store, and they assisted one other to escape the danger inside. No one should have to fear for their lives when they grocery shop or go to work every day. For the last year, our members and other associates have fought an invisible enemy, COVID-19, but today several innocent souls were killed by an evil human. It's tragic, it sucks. Hopefully they got the right guy in custody and he will do time for his crime. But they're coming for your guns, Truth Hurts program listeners. They're coming for my guns. They're using these types of incidents like they always do as a rallying cry and as a wake-up call. Where is the call to take guns out of the hands of thug criminals with felony records in the projects, in the Section 8 housing, in the hood, on the streets. They only want to get the guns from law-abiding citizens, and they're using these types of tragedies, as always, as their justification, as their means to a planned end. The end of your Second Amendment rights. He's that voice in your head that makes you feel confident in your thought processes. Steve Z is telling it like it is on the Truth Hurts program. Photographs were released or leaked Monday by a Texas House Democrat, and they show the crowded conditions inside a U.S. Customs and Border Protection overflow facility in Donna, Texas, where migrants, including families with children, are being held for processing before they're transferred to facilities operated by the Department of Health and Human Services. Over the weekend, these photos were taken, and they show migrants with their faces obscured, of course, by Representative Henry Cuellar's office, sitting in a crowded makeshift quarters assembled by the Border Patrol to handle the increasing number of illegal alien invaders crossing the southwest border. They're straining the Biden administration's existing facilities and resources far past capacity. The Texas Democrat, Mr. Cuellar, has been one of the most outspoken members of Joe Biden's party, the Democrats, to criticize the administration's mishandling of the situation at the border. Cuellar has repeatedly warned that the change in policies from former President Donald Trump's administration is the reason why migrants, particularly unaccompanied churins, are crossing the U.S. border with Mexico in greater numbers. Cuellar said to ABC News Primetime's Lindsey Davis, It's terrible under regular circumstance, but when you add the pandemic on top of that, those pictures can be disturbing. 
Are we having a humanitarian crisis trying to take care of these kids? The answer is yes. The administration has all the good intentions. They want to treat the kids in a humane way, but their good intentions are being overwhelmed by numbers. The DHS head said to migrants, the message is quite clear, do not come. I'm sorry, shouldn't it be? Hey, don't come here. They close the border. You got to go back home, bro. They're going to not let you here. Don't turn around, bro. Turn around. But no, the message is, do not come. Immigration attorneys, this is hilarious, who recently met with migrant children held at the Donna facility had previously told ABC News that the severe overcrowding at the facility was obvious and that the children told these immigration attorneys that they were forced to sleep on the floor in shifts with limited outdoor time in a courtyard and not able to take showers for days and some really crappy food, bro. A Customs and Border Protection official told ABC News, CBP, working with its other agency partners, is working to safely and orderly transport migrants to other sites set up by the Department of Homeland Security. According to ABC News, there were 3,889 migrants in this tiny facility that is designed to hold 250 people. That means it is at 1,556% capacity. And this is according to internal CBP documents obtained by ABC News. A record number of 5,000 unaccompanied children are currently in Border Patrol custody. 10,500 children are in the care of U.S. Health and Human Services. The document shows that on average, HHS is taking in far more migrant children than it can match with sponsors or family members. There has been a five-fold increase in the number of children and teenagers being held in Border Patrol custody for over 240 hours, that's 10 days, since March 15th, despite a 72-hour limit set by law. The Biden administration is breaking the law, and they're going, well, it's not a crisis. It's a situation. It's an opportunity. The Gropey Joe administration has prohibited journalists from visiting facilities being used to house migrants, and they're using the excuse of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019. Alejandro Mayorkas is the head of the Department of Homeland Security, and he said on ABC's This Week program Sunday, we have seen large numbers of migration in the past. We now know how to address it. We have a plan. We are executing on our plan and we will succeed. We are rebuilding the system as we address the needs of vulnerable children who arrived at our borders. Representative Cuellar on Monday encouraged the administration to work with Mexico and Central American countries to deter migrants from making a dangerous journey forth. He said, you've got to stop the flow of people before they get here. And without engaging Mexico and other Central American countries, you cannot get that done. The White House said that they will be traveling to Mexico and Guatemala this week to meet with local leaders and officials. And something I saw on the television this morning, they're putting out ads on television and radio in those countries and comments in social media and comic books of all places in their native language telling them, please don't come, please don't come, please don't come. How's that working out for you, Gropey Joe? Will you at least have the balls to admit it's a crisis?
Steve's Needy and the Truth Hurts Program. Mamacita, I want to go outside of this tint bubble we are trapped in. Poncholo, you cannot go outside to play right now. But Mamacita, I really need go pee-pee and the line for the baño is very long. I just want to go outside to make a pee-pee. Pancholo, you cannot go outside right now. The camera people from the Americano news press is out there and El Presidente Biden no want them to see you. You must wait a little longer. But Mamacita, I have no shower for three days. I no eat good. I sleep on the hard ground and now I must wait to make a pee-pee? This no fair. Pancholo, you must wait a little longer. Once the Presidente Biden give us the amnesty, you can go make pee-pee anywhere you want to, okay? See, si, mamacita, I see if I can hold a little longer. That's a good, Pancholo. Be a good boy for mamacita, and maybe instead of sleep on the hard ground tonight, I'll let you rest your head on my breast. Thank you, mamacita. Gracias, gracias. Now that the Democrats are turning towards defending their congressional majority next year, the party's running headlong into one of the most important pieces of unfinished business, the bitter debate over whether protests pushed to defund the police have damaged their prospects for re-election in the coming year. It's been just about five months after Abigail Spanberger, a Democrat from Virginia, angrily scolded her colleagues in a widely leaked call for saying, defund the police when that's not what we mean. The argument over its impact is still raging. Private email exchanges and public social media platforms have Democrat elected officials, operatives, and aides continuing to battle openly over whether the issue that has come to be known as simply defund the cops is so radioactive that it nearly cost its majority in the last election or whether it will damage Democrats prospects in the midterm elections in 2022. Remember, when you have a group of people who are demanding to defund the police on the Democrat side and it rushes headlong into people going, no, 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 we need our cops on the Republican side. And then you get a bunch of victims who happen to be Democrats as well, who can't get police response. It makes for a heap big trouble for a Democrat trying to run for election. The competing efforts within the party to shape a narrative surrounding this issue of defund the police could have far-reaching effects on how Democrats need to position themselves in the upcoming midterm elections. Could also influence their relationship with the base of their voters. And those base voters will be the key to the party's success in 2022 particularly black African-American 13% AA hyphenated American minorities, Latinos, and younger voters. Remember, it was the AA, the Latino, and the young folks who were out burning buildings, turning over police cars, damaging courthouses, attacking policemen, looting, shooting, setting off fireworks, setting fires, robbing, and assaulting people. You can't please them all, Democrats. A coalition of outside groups working with the Congressional Black Caucus, the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, and the Congressional Progressive Caucus is examining the effect of those attacks on defunding the police as part of a larger postmortem of the 2020 election. BM movement, I'm sorry, Black Lives Matter movement leaders are considering a formal response to the moderates' complaints about the demand that the black movement made to defund the police. A recent USA Today poll found that fewer than one in five respondents 
back any effort to defund the police, while 58% are strictly against defunding the cops. That reality, that fact is going to piss off the BM movement. So, as gun control remains tops on the news this week, expect riots from the BM movement, the Antifa, and other subversive minority groups to start kicking back in as we get closer and closer to the midterm elections. Either way, folks, I suggest you go to Sam's or Costco and get you a case of microwave popcorn and sit back, relax, and watch the 22 midterms, which are coming up and see, aside from, of course, voter irregularity, people voting three and four times, dead people voting, and all the other usual Democrat garbage, you'll be seeing something quite interesting in the very near future as the blacktivists battle the mainstream Democrats for a seat at the table in the upcoming congressional races. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. On the next episode of the Truth Hurts Program, we'll take a look at gropey Joe Biden, the wannabe tough guy from Scranton, Pennsylvania, who's playing a game of Russian roulette and Chinese checkers, literally, with your life, my life, and the very future of the United States of America. We'll also take a look at the potential of having him removed from office for his obvious mental and physical issues and the possible socialist future of America if Camel Toe Harris, the former call girl, gets moved up to the big chair. And of course, what Truth Hurts program would be complete without mentioning the double standard in media reporting of Gropy Joe's stumbling up the stairs to Air Force One versus how they covered Trump's little trip on a ramp? And then finally, let the reparations begin. It's going to be an interesting program, folks. I invite you to tune in. In a world where Americans are victimized on a daily basis by rapists, muggers, carjackers, armed robbers, thieves, and major crimes, one crime stands high above the rest. Name calling. In a time where a nation stands divided based on political opinion, religious preferences, sexual identity, and national origin, one form of bigotry stands high above the rest. Race hate. At a point in our nation's history with unprecedented national issues like crime, crummy economy, international tensions with foreign nations, global pandemics, crumbling infrastructure, crippling unemployment, and political turmoil, one issue stands above the rest. Politicians looking at titties. From the people who brought you socialism and communism. From the party that brought division. From the group who destroyed the economy. From the political institution that thinks they are above the law. And from the party that tore down everything good happening in America. Biden-Harris Democrat Studios presents 2021 The Motion Picture. When a group of Democrats get together to divide a nation by race, by ethnicity, by color. When a group of evil politicians get together to shut down an entire country's way of life. When everything that anyone does is labeled as racist, sexist, trans, or homophobic. You know who's in charge. Democrats. 2021. You know it has to be. 12 months of Democrats. 2021. The Motion Picture. This motion picture is rated R for ridiculous. That's going to do it for this Tuesday, March 23rd, 2021 edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time.
Hello, listeners and lovers of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Hey, that's me. Did you ever want to go back and re-listen to a program from days, weeks, or even months past? You can. Did you need to prove me right or try to prove me wrong on one of my many accurate predictions? You can. All you need to do is go to one of the many wise platforms that carry the Truth Hurts program. Here they are in alphabetical order to be fair. Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and always available on our hosting platform at anchor.fm backslash Steve hyphen Z. Or you can simply type Steve Z, The Truth Hurts, into your web browser and find them all. It's like having me in the palm of your hand. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Program Network. All rights reserved.